Welcome to the podcast M&A War Stories. You're joined by your hosts, Robert Heaton and Toby Tester. Each week, we walk through M&A projects where we've been involved in the course of our careers, unpacking the good, the bad, and the ugly. Our purpose in doing this is to leave you, the listener, with valuable lessons and experiences that you can use in your own M&A projects. So without wasting any more time, let's get this podcast underway. Hey Toby, it's time for our weekly podcast. How are you? Good, Rob. Hi. Well, actually, I got a bit of touch of flu over the week. I don't know how I caught flu, but I did. Yeah, Uh, so I heard. Recovering, I am. Recovering now. Well, if you've been visiting Melbourne, I could justify it for you because it's cold and miserable and wet here at the minute. But right. you've got you've got lots of sunshine in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's thirty plus or whatever today. Yeah, pretty hot day. Well, I always work on the basis that when I've got flu, it's a good opportunity to break open the whiskey bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I think don't somehow think that's part of the medication process. I think it, it, your idiosyncrasies come into the fore there, Rob. <laughs> Possibly. Now. now The last podcast, we sort of started to play around with the metaphor of using theatre to explain the key players in the M&A process, the dramatics of it all and so on. Yeah, put drama in the whole Um, exercise. It's not some boring, stuffy exercise, hey, Rob? I mean, it's it's dramatic. It's the big show. It it is. And, and, And we also touched in that, and we have done this on multiple podcasts, by the way, Mm. on this notion of buried treasure. We have used that. We've used and that metaphor plenty of times, haven't we? It's been a it's been a theme across a lot of our podcasts. Yeah. yeah. Now, oh, I just want to take you to task because okay. when we were talking about what we were going to talk about on this podcast, mm. and we we agreed on the theme of buried treasure, you immediately went straight from there to pirates. So, <laughs> so, so, so uh, explain yourself. <laughs> How do you get pirates out of M&A? Oh, well, I think there's just a natural association. As soon as you talk about buried treasure, you're kind of inferring a kind of a pirate-type mentality there, Rob. And yeah. I, I think it's a fun metaphor to, to play with when it comes to M&A, because I think in many ways it's quite apt. And maybe let's get ourselves in a bit of a feel for this all, Rob. Let's get ourselves in the swing of things, shall we? We've used the notion of uh, buried treasure because I think it resonates well. And we'll come into why it resonates so well. But let's get in the mood with a bit of pirate lingo. So let's just just double-check you understand your pirate lingo here, Rob. Now, if I said, ahoy, what would would, would your... (laughs) That's that's hello. That's hello, okay. And if I said, matey or mihati. Yeah, your friend... Okay. All right. And if I said sort of shivy me timbers. She, oh, that would be something to the effect of bloody hell, I'm surprised about that. Okay. Or, yeah. And, if, and, and Rob, Rob, if I called you a bit of a sea dog, would you be offended? <laughs> if I was a sea dog, let me think. Well, I don't think so. It's okay. sort of hints at experience. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Not All sure right. about that one. <laughs> anyway, I, look, I think there's a, bit of, there's a bit of fun lingo to go with that. But I think there's a, there's a bit of a serious side to this, as, you know. And let me just have a look at how pirate-like behavior has actually been seen in the history of M&A. And yep. I think there's some interesting um, things here. I'll take Rupert Murdoch, for example. Now, yep. he has been successful through multiple acquisitions over yep. the decades. And... Compared to his rivals, he's always acted more swiftly. He's taken bigger risks, 
and he's never gives up. He just goes for it. And he's like, I, I liken him to like a modern day pirate. He just goes out there, takes the risks and goes on to the next. And Elon Musk, whatever you think of him, is similarly a bit of a pirate. And I think he was a bit of a pirate with the acquisition of Twitter. I mean, he yep. just went ahead and just bought the business without, without even any due diligence. Yep. And then there's a couple of famous people who are not very good when it comes to pirate blood behavior, but it can, <laughs> can show you where pirates can get you. And that's Fred the Shred. Yeah. You remember we did a podcast yeah, with yeah, Fred we did. the Shred? Yeah, yeah. And now uh, he was the Royal Bank of Scotland. I mean, that's right. I'm trying to think. What well, was it? Fred Goodwin, isn't it? That was his name. Yeah. Fred yep. Goodwin. Yeah. Fred the Shred. And of course, he actually just went the other way. He was he didn't build success. He went to total disaster. So um and I think what it is with those behaviors is that they're simply people who go ahead, act more swiftly, they take risks, they don't give up, and they just go for it, go for it, go for it. You know, yeah. private equity firms quite often, and your corporate raiders <coughs> similarly have that kind of pirate type mentality. Ex ex exactly. In fact, I was just going to add Greg Hutchins into the list. They are people who they're driven. Yep. Right. They see a broad opportunity and they go for it. Mm. They, as you say, they take risks. They often sail close to the wind in terms of... Ah, getting the old you know, bit of pirate analogy there. I like it, Rob. I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. The, close to the wind. Do. Sailing close to the wind, you know. yeah. yeah. Uh, but interesting also, while we're just talking about this, yeah. pirates past and present. Yeah. Like you, when we were preparing, I thought, oh, I'll just do a quick search on... Pirates in M and A, yeah. And I came across an article where someone had actually written this as a serious content, right? And they were referring to pirates in M and A as being organisations that break the rules and don't follow the traditional route of mm -hmm. acquiring a business for the purpose of growth or for, for synergies or for mm, efficiencies mm, or like that. Mm. And, and they put the label on, on organizations that make acquisitions that at first don't make sense to people like you and I. Mm, mm. What they're doing is they're acquiring the market segment or the leaders in a market right. segment. Right, right. Right, so it's it's not an M and A acquisition that's going to take nine months to complete. Is then going to mm. be obvious to everybody an immediate benefit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're making longer term predictions. Indeed, indeed. And Twitter would be one of them. Indeed, indeed. And this is it, Robert. I think in many ways, just what you explained, there is an opportunity to adopt this sort of pirate mentality, this sort of mindset on your own yeah. M&A transaction. Now, I'm not suggesting you behave like Rupert Murdoch or Elon Musk because there's some negative connotations associated with people. But I, at the same time, there is a, a fundamental element to what it is to having that kind of pirate mindset. And if I just go through them, Rob, I mean, I think one, and, and this is always a common thing, which you just mentioned just now on the article you read, there was always having a very, very clear goal in mind. It is so totally goal-focused. And if I liken it to a pirate, it's having that where the X marks the spot. What you're looking for is that there's some buried treasure out there, and you're going to make damn sure you go ahead and focus on it and, and uh, unearth that buried treasure. And yeah. you're, you're a determined individual. You're not the sort of person to give halfway up. And how many transactions have you been on, Rob, whereby you go through and you say, okay, we're all finished now. Well, we've done most of the work post-deal. We haven't done it all, but let's all go back to business as usual now. And it's almost like giving up halfway. 
It is, yeah, yeah. Has you seen it often you too often. You haven't seen the full potential of what you've just bought. Yeah, and I think that sometimes a simply exercise of not being courageous enough. So I think sometimes you just got to be um, uh, courageous at this work and yep. taking risks and daring sometimes to break the rule book. Hey, I hate to say yep. this because I know I'm a big believer in process, but sometimes if it isn't right, I'm the first one to break it. Yeah, 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 me too, right? Yeah, I so in summary, I think it means moving fast, always fast, and I think that's absolutely key. And so we've said so many times, Rob, in previous podcasts when it comes to M&A, you've got to move with stealth. Break rules when it's right to do so, See bureaucracy and say, cut through it. Ignore the politics and take risks when necessary. Yep. Small, irrevocable risks, I should say. Not, not too risk. big, but manage, manage yep. the risk. And I would say, and here's one that's dear to my heart, Rob, and I don't know how, how this one resonates to you. And uh, this one's to me, it's important. And that is, it is better to act and repent than not to act at all. Uh, absolutely. Although I'm going to add a variation on that yeah. because while we've been talking about this, this just dropped into my mind. Now, mm. if you recall, I had the honour in the early part of my career of working alongside Sir Michael Edwards, the chairman of yeah. Dunbar, right? Yeah. And he he was an extremely well known industrialist and business person, mm. and he he took risks. Mm. But was, I remember something he, he, he taught me, and it, I've never forgotten it, right? And it was something to the effect, when you've made a decision to act, act swiftly. Yes. But fairly. Yes, yes. You've mentioned right. that one. A few, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, and for me, when I've just unpacked that in the context of what we've been talking about, he's saying, be a pirate, be, be an ethical one. Yes, yeah. And I think that's maybe the difference between what I'm talking about here, Rob, about being a pirate, being an ethical pirate, and the pirate sometimes I've actually started off this podcast well, with, because I think a couple of them actually are not ethical. Well, we know you, that Fred the Shred, for example, was not an ethical pirate. Lord Hanson, he was a major corporate, which we spoke about, by the way. I, I think of him as a very much a corporate raider and pirate, but he did actually. Do you think he, he was an ethical pirate? Yeah, yeah look, I... To a degree, the time frame that he operated in, i.e. the, yeah. the 80s period, yeah. if you like, meant that he, some of his behavior was, was raider type, as we call yeah. it. Yeah. I think the thing is, you, you can pinpoint it. The, the Elon yeah. Musk, the Murdochs, yeah. Yeah. Fred the Shred, Lord Hanson, yeah. Greg Hutchins. The one thing you can label all of those people with mm. <clears throat> is they didn't give a flying what's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? They didn't care. If, you, if yeah. you turned around to them and said, that was terrible, I don't like your behavior. Yeah. Right? Well, so what? Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I, I, I must admit, Rob, I go along with you. I think you've made a great, that's a really good point, being an ethical pirate, because there are, there are good pirates and there are bad pirates. You can't be a pirate and say damn to everybody else around you and, and trample on other people's lives and careers. We, we, uh, very quick <coughs> detour. Yeah. Edwards and I were at a division that had three research scientists in the mm. division. Became very clear we did not need three, but I could couldn't justify mm. one, really. Yeah. yeah. And Edwards just turned around to me when I'd done my research and he said, Right, well, and he had the names down on a list. And he and he just said to me, Cross off the two you don't want. Mm. Right? I'd I'd had no chance to do any research about yeah, their background, yeah. the longevity. Yeah, yeah, 
and I, I made I made an arbitrary decision, yeah. and and in the end wheeled those two people in, mm-hmm. and they were gone by five o'clock that day. Mm. But but and I'll give him his credit, right? He sat down and made sure that they left with dignity. Yeah, yeah. they left with a financial package that was appropriate and mm. Better, mm. better than you the, they would have expected. Yeah, right. But it was a, dis- a decision that had to be made. Mm. He did it quickly. He did it ruthlessly to some extent. So the emotion got stripped out of it. Yeah, yeah. But he was fair about it. Yeah, no, that's right. It's a good point, Rob. Out of interest, Rob, what do you think are the practical steps for being an ethical pirate in M&A? What do you think are the, the, the practical things you need to consider? Well, first thing is you've got to have that mindset. You've got to think like a pirate. Yeah, Right. Uh, again, I'll, I'll go to Greg Hutchins. Going on a road trip with him was a nightmare. Yeah. Because he was all, he'd see a truck going in the oper- opposite direction with Belmore's written on the side of it. Yeah. And he'd be yeah. like, what do they do? Uh, I don't know, Greg. Well, write it down. Find out. He was forever. Uh, he was always thinking, looking, what's, what's, what's out there? Like, he didn't listen to people that, sort of went, oh, Greg, are you being too ruthless or whatever? Yeah. Right. He could see where the buried treasure was, so so to speak, right? Yeah. He got the map, he picked his spade up, and he was off. (laughs) And and he would do things differently, very differently, right? Um, And I think I've spoken about this before. When the takeover of Yale took place, on the very morning that the transaction completed, within 15 minutes of that happening, Mm. Greg and three or four of his henchmen walked into Yale headquarters and they'd taken over the position of CEO, chief operating officer, CFO, CIO, and head of manufacturing Hmm. in 15 minutes, right? Right. And it was almost like a SAS raid on the place. And and I I had dinner with him that night and I I actually challenged him and I said, that was bloody horrible. It was ruthless. The way you threw all those people out. And he he turned around to me and said, Rob, what would you do if you've made an acquisition of this size and the following morning you found out that the CIO had put bugs into the system because he didn't like the fact you'd you'd raided the business or that the sales director had ripped off all the customer accounts? Mm, What would you do? Yeah, yeah. And so so he did that differently, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, what I'll give him is, if you look past his directness, let, let me put it, that's the way, best way, that's the best way to describe Edwards, it's the best way to describe Greg Hutchins, it's the best way to describe several of these people. They're straight to the point and direct. Mm-hmm. They've got yeah. no, no time for fluffy language or things like that. Sure, right? sure, yeah. And they're also, they're also right on the edge of the comfort zone. For them, that's where they operate. That's where they normally live, if you like. And I think there's two other things I would say about them, and that is that they are eternal optimists. They've almost got a self-belief in themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I'll give Edwards the credit here. He could look at a business opportunity and he had this inherent ability to be able to sum it up, break it down into its simple components and do a risk assessment that determined whether it was worth more effort or not. Mm, mm, and, he, mm. and he could do that really, really, really quickly. Right? Yeah, that's and interesting. It would take other people three days later mm. 
to get to the same result. Mm. And, and the other thing is that, I don't know about you, but you come across those people and failure is not in their dictionary. Yeah, I think it's important, certainly when it comes to being what I would console an M&A pirate, is you're not afraid of failure. You don't listen to naysayers at certain time. You're always daring to do things differently. So, and you're always like quite ready to rip up the rule book if the rule book doesn't apply in that context. So, breaking rules sometimes is necessary. And so, whilst I'm a big believer in following rules, sometimes their rules existed to be broken. Yeah, absolutely. And there was something just dropped into my head again. Let me just ask you this one. Hmm. When you look at those people that we're we're talking about here, they've got this inherent ability to be able to weigh things up really quickly. I think that's, Rob, I think that's the whole notion of stealth as well. So stealth is key here. You can't dither. I think when it comes to the mergers acquisition deal, you you cannot dither. Sometimes you just simply got to make decisions and act. And that's why it's so important. It's a point I made earlier on that you're better off to act than not to act at all. Act and repent and not act at all. Because you've you've just got to move on and you've got to do it. And if it was the wrong decision, fine. But you, you nonetheless, you still acted. And well, so well, it's important to, to do that. And I found out in a situation in the past where I just felt, well, look, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. I have not got approval. I have not got the okay. This is perhaps what might be wrong. And I'll say, well, look, I'm going to do it because I believe it's the right thing to do. And then I'll say sorry about it afterwards. But I did it anyway. The other thing is, going back to the optimism again, is, mm. and, and I can hear Greg Hutchins in my head already. Mm. If, if something went pear-shaped, it, it never went pear-shaped in the sense of total disaster. Greg would sit back and he'd go, all right, yeah, we didn't quite get what we yeah, expected absolutely. out of that, but we've got 40% of it. You mo- and you move on. And, and, you, it, and you're it, moving on. Absolutely. Well, absolutely. And not just that, he would park it to one side and leave it there. Yeah, yeah. And you could guarantee maybe a year later or two years later, yeah. he'd see something else and he'd go, right, okay. now's the time to bring that back into the fold. And yeah, it's just that. Well, let, Rob, I, I tell you what, let me think, put in sort of those, some other sort of practical steps on, on being an M&A pirate. And I think, and I'm sure you agree with me on this one, and that is always to look for opportunities to deliver value beyond what you, you said at the beginning of the deal, like your due diligence. Oh, Sometimes yeah, people yeah, just say, oh, yeah. we'll just deliver what, what the DD did. No, no way. No, no way. You always go for more. But all I see so all, often, all, and, and that's what being a pirate is, I think, you're always going more. Don't accept the synergy that we define pre-deal because there's always a lot, lot more that can be achieved. So Absolutely. I, I say get other people involved in this so-called treasure hunt by running yep. workshops. I call them synergy workshops. Call them what you will. But they're yep. basically all looking for more opportunities to unearth treasure wherever it may be. So I obviously see M&A as a catalyst to transform. It's not just simply a transaction. It's, a, it's always no. an opportunity to transform. And so you turn the whole M&A exercise into a treasure hunting game. And that means taking an activist approach to managing risk because risk is inevitable. You mentioned risk. Sometimes yep. you take the risk and sometimes it didn't work out. Well, fine. Okay. And then you move on. Look, I couldn't disagree with any of that. Yeah. You mentioned due diligence at the beginning. Due diligence mm. is risk assessment. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not treasure hunting, right? And, and and if you talk to most people that are making acquisitions, yep. they will clearly have a plan as to what the immediate post-deal opportunities might be. Mm. But I'm, I'm with you. That <laughs> That is probably only 70% at best. Yeah. 
of what can be really achieved. Yeah. And and the thing the thing I think we've got to recognise here is yeah. I don't care how good you are at M and A. I don't think any of us see the full potential until after the deals. Absolutely, and there's always much more. And I would say, maybe I can just put one final statement here, and it's I think it's the pirate mantra, and that is there's buried treasure in every M and A deal. Yes, yeah, there is. Without without and that's, any doubt. and that's when you put your your pirate hat on. There you are, Captain Jack Sparrow, or whoever you may be. You're out there saying, "Here's a deal." There's buried treasure. You don't know where it is. It's there. Let's go find it. It will be there. Let's go ahead and earth it. And come along, me hearties. Let's go ahead and join this treasure hunting game because we're going to dig it up. So I, I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. And I think if I'm conscious of our time on this one, yeah, but yeah. if I summarize it, I think what we're saying here is that to be a pirate in the humorous way that we're yeah. using the, 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 <laughs> yeah. the title. We're having we're um, a tongue-in-cheek here, Rob. Yeah, a bit, bit so, serious too. So you've got to lead, lead like a captain of industry or like yep. a captain. You know, you, you've got to set the course. Yeah, yeah. And, be like and, a captain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Work like and, a captain. And you've got to be unafraid of the journey that you're about yep. to go on and the destination. Yep. Right? Yep. But you've got to have a pirate mentality in terms of those things about not being too risk averse, not listening to the yeah, yeah, naysayers, yeah, yeah. etc. Right? Yeah. And I think the one thing I will say in summarizing this that I will challenge a lot of CEOs listening yeah. to this podcast yeah. is there's always buried treasure out there. Absolutely. There's always buried treasure. Have fun finding it. Take yeah. risks. You yeah. know, it, it a, an acquisition simply isn't about buying another company, getting the synergies building the efficiencies yeah. and then all right tick the box we've done all those things right okay back to normal guys yeah right you should always be challenging yourself to go there there's, there's we haven't found that treasure yet it's here yeah, it, yeah. We, we just need to open our minds towards where that might be indeed and and and, and don't be afraid to listen to stupid ideas either. Yeah, yeah no, I, I agree. I agree. Look, uh, Rob, I, I think it's it's funny because we've talked about buried treasure in so many podcasts in the past and it's been quite a popular yeah. sort of theme. It does. And I, I think there's a lot to this whole pirate behavior, working like a captain, being like a pirate. And yeah. I think to take that kind of adventurist optimist but don't give up type approach i think look there's there's a lot of merit in being that kind of pirate on on your m and a deal uh, and I, I i would go as far as saying that topic's going to raise its head from time to time as we talk about future topics as well. yeah so next podcast rob what do you think well one of the things that you and i have been talking about a lot and i for a minute i've got to throw my hands up and say i don't know where this is going to lead us, but mm. let's take a, a, a new move on a new topic. Mm. And one thing you and I have been talking about a fair bit just recently is artificial intelligence. Mm. Not just where does that play a role in M&A? Is it going to play a role in M&A? But also, I think we've got a responsibility to try and look at the, the ethics of artificial intelligence. And mm. Yeah. I think there's a lot to unpack here, to be honest, Rob. And I got a feeling we're going to we're going to spend a bit of time on this one because I think it's a, such a big topic. And I think in many ways, look, I think it's probably one of the biggest things in human history, one way or another. It, it really is that big, and I, I think it's quite appropriate for us to to spend some time on this one. 
I, I, I agree. It is. You've got that sense. You can't necessarily qualify it, but there's this sense that AI is going to have a huge impact on business, on government, on society in general. Indeed. indeed. And, and actually, I'd love to see if there's people out there with a deeper understanding, let's say, than you and I, yeah, yeah. that might want to come I, on I, as a I consider ourselves, Rob, like intelligent laymen. I mean, you, I'm not an expert in AI. I don't, I know enough about it to be a little bit dangerous, like I can talk about it a fair bit because I've read, read a bit around the topic, yeah. but, but I'm a layman nonetheless. But uh, but nonetheless, Rob, I think it's a real opportunity. Perhaps if we can get a, an expert on board, that'd be great, who can help I, sort of like probe into it. But I think it's a wave in its own right. And when we talked about the history of ever we discuss AI as being a future wave. So let's, yeah. why don't yep. we uh, go ahead, Rob, and you and I sort of ride this, this artificial intelligence wave together and let's have fun with it over the next few podcasts. I'm going to finish with a great phrase that's just coming to my head. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. What is it? AI, Mahati. AI, Mahati. AI. Very good. There you go. Uh, that okay. was that. Okay. <laughs> good stuff. There's a lot of people out there now going, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> As usual, Toby, great fun. Okay. That's a yeah, great topic that we've just unpacked. Yeah. We'll definitely pick up on that artificial intelligence theme yeah. from the next podcast. Yeah. And in the meantime, it's simply my duty to say bye for now. And bye for myself as well. <laughs>